Hi everyone, I'm Kimberly Keene. I'm your Miss Alaska Earth 2021. And this is my interview with the pageant project. Hello everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project with you. My special guest for today is Kimberly Keen, who is Miss Alaska Earth USA. Kimberly, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks Adrian, and I'm really excited to be here, so thanks for having me. Uh, of course. Um, whereabouts are you coming to us from? I always like to ask. I am in San Diego, California. That is uh, Marissa's stomping grounds. I know. I know from watching some of your interviews and watching some of the seeing some of the photos that you've uh, you volunteered with Marissa a few times, haven't you? Her organization. I yeah, I did. So, um, yeah, this was during this past year. Um, if your viewers aren't aware, she is the founder of the nonprofit We Clean Trails. So every Saturday morning, she goes out to a local trail in San Diego with a group of volunteers. And we use the Garbo Grabber, which is an awesome invention from the Clean Earth Project. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, very easy to pick up trash that way. And we clean up trails and public parks. And it's been great. It's a really nice way to spend Saturday mornings. And so I've been fortunate enough that, you know, me and Marissa live in the same area and I've been able to help her out. So it's been really fun. What, what is the Garbo Grabber? Because Marissa released her book. I was helping her get it published, and I, I was briefly looking through it. It's a children's book, for those of you who don't know. So I, I quickly looked at it, and I saw that she had the Garbo Grabber, I think, at the end of her book. But it, <laughs> there wasn't really a photo. I think it was just an illustration. What is it? Is it like a claw? Is it something else? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, so it's a couple of things. Um, it's, a, it's a rim. So it's like a plastic rim and then you put the trash bag in it and you kind of secure it there. And then the grabber is, it is like a claw. It's an extendable, um, I don't even know what you call it, like an extendable uh, pole. And then there's a little grabber on the end and you use this kind of button to, you know, open it and right. close it. Yeah, and you pick up trash that way and, and you put it in the bag. It's actually fun. It's kind of a fun thing to use. It makes picking up trash, you know, actually fun. <laughs> and it, it works really well. I was surprised the first time I, I used it because it has a little, um, I, don't, I, I don't know, I don't know engineering, but there's a little plastic, it can't be plastic, rubber. It's a little rubber end on it. So it really grabs the little, if you're trying to get like cigarette butts or tiny little piece yeah. of plastic, it, it grabs onto it. So it's very effective. What's the weirdest thing you've picked up in, in your sort of garbage picking up journey so far? When I interviewed Marissa, I think the weirdest thing they said they picked up was a whole green car's bumper bar, if I'm not mistaken. So oh what, what's, I don't think anyone threw that away. I think someone might have lost something. What's the <laughs> weirdest thing you've picked up so far? I think the weirdest thing was in, so in, we went to Sunset Cliffs and we actually ended up cleaning out, or I'm sorry, you're not from San Diego, so <laughs> not everyone knows, but it's, um, it's by the beach um, in Point Loma is a beach area and there's a area called Sunset Cliffs and it's, it's literally cliffs overlooking the ocean. It's a really beautiful spot, but there's a lot of homeless people that live in, in the slot canyons there. So we were going in and we were being careful not to clean out where they're living, but just kind of the, the litter around where they're living. And so that was a really interesting experience. It's a real hike. And I think one of the things I picked up there was a dare bag. I didn't even know dare still existed. And I don't know what was in the, it, but it was well, what's the, there like a like chocolate. <laughs> no dare, like the drug. Um, I, I forget what oh. it stands for. The anti-drug organization and i don't know what was in oh. the bag but it was just a dare bag you know so i was very curious to see what that was about um but i i pick up uh, i haven't picked up anything so weird i do pick up a lot of masks a lot of covid masks yeah. all over the place unfortunately but 
yeah <laughs> it is kind yeah. of interesting to so, see what you what you get well marissa was saying that because i asked her the same question and the the weirdest thing or the strangest thing she said she picked up it was actually a letter i don't know if you were with her when she picked up this letter but it was a letter probably from a man who was writing to his estranged family to please let him come back and Marissa found this letter open. It obviously wasn't addressed to her, but she wanted to see what's in, in it. So it was a really like heartfelt letter. And obviously it hadn't been well received because it'd just been thrown out <laughs> in the trash. Yeah. So um, dear me. Um, I mean, speaking of Marissa and Miss Earth, I mean, obviously the USA is doing something right with Miss Earth um, at the upcoming Nationals, which is in January, if you can believe it. It's not, not far away. It's actually so close. three weeks mm -hmm. So let's just talk about the fact that you have a pageant in three weeks and you have a little thing called Christmas in the way. How is that going for you in terms of pageant prep and being able to eat healthily and all that stuff? Yeah, it's kind of derailing the whole eating healthy process, to be honest. Um, I've been, I mean, luckily I was at kind of my goal weight and look and everything yeah. in September because I was competing in the Miss California USA pageant. So yeah. thankfully I, I put in all of that, you know, those months of the worst part of that work before then. And so since then I've just been kind of maintaining, which is a lot easier, you know? So it's like, I can have the junk days and then I kind of eat healthy for a few days. And then as long as I'm continuing to go to the gym, it's okay. But um, thank God, because otherwise it would be very, very difficult to not eat all the cookies and everything that's around now. <laughs> What is what what is your guilty pleasure when it comes to food? What's the one thing and you see it, you just have to eat it, can't resist it? Bread. Bread. <laughs> any any particular sort of bread or just bread in general? I get that by the way, as as formerly being on a no carb, low carb, keto, whatever you want to call a diet. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I, I don't know if you're near a subway, but you go sub, not, not the underground, but the restaurant, right? The, the restaurant. I had subway the other past. day. <laughs> okay. And you smell, did they do the same in the States where you just smell the bread? That yes. fish. And you're like, you it's know, the following subway smell. The subway smell is so good. I love it. <laughs> well, so what did you have? What did you have with your subway order? I had a spicy Italian sandwich, but usually I get the tuna. And I know the tuna isn't really tuna. I kept reading articles about that, that it's like chicken bits or something. It's it's not. I think they did a study on it and it's, you know, marginally what? tuna. <laughs> it's not tuna, it's chicken? That's not it's, even it's, in the same ballpark. I know, it's not tuna, whatever it is. It's, or it's like, you know, 2% tuna or something like that. But I don't care, it tastes good. What, okay, what bread did you have it on? I don't, what are the bread options in America? This is a very weird start to the interview, but that's okay. Let's just go with it. <laughs> so I think here we have white. We have something like honey oat. There's wheat or wholemeal or something. Yeah. What are the options for you guys? Yeah, I think it's the same ones. It's the white honey oat and there's a multigrain. Yeah. And then I think there's like a cheesy bread too. Mm, okay. For us All Americans, right. yeah. So that's that's your guilty pleasure. So how do you bread. indulge a guilty pleasure of bread, though? Like you, you go running around at midnight and you just eat <laughs> a piece of bread. It's not like chocolate. You know what I mean? What, 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 ha what happens? <laughs> um, bread with – so my favorite thing is those warm restaurant rolls and then you put oh, yeah. a big, yeah. you know, butter. butter in there. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's the one. But I also always have – so I'm part Italian, and so we always have bread with pretty much everything we eat, and then we always have olive oil with the bread, and so that's something that I regularly indulge in, especially because it's so easy. If you have a plate with sauce on it, the bread's used to mop up the sauce, and then you have extra yep. bread, and then you just put an olive oil on there and just soak it in olive oil, and it's delicious. Do you prefer, here's a controversial controversial question. Do you prefer prefer butter with your bread or the olive oil? That is a controversial question. It's very it's very loaded. Yes. <laughs> yes. I honestly I think I prefer olive oil. That's usually how I eat Ooh. it. 
But if I'm at, right. you know, it depends because if you have a good, like, fluffy, warm roll, mm-hmm. you have to have and the butter, butter melts. It. That's exactly. that's what I mean. Like when you have like a bowl of soup or you're mopping something up and you have I, I don't like the olive oil. It's much because the olive oil makes the bread soggy. I, I much prefer the the butter on it. Um, I mean, you mentioned that you you this is your second pageant you competed in. And just for memory, I think I was looking through your Instagram. Um, was it the swimsuit section? You said you had a, a, a bit of a stumble. Yes. Right. So, and you wrote a post about it, which grabbed my attention because being honest about it, you know, most of the, most of the time there's pressure to always appear perfect. Um, what, what happened just briefly and what did you learn from it? Cause obviously you're moving on. Right. So during the swimsuit portion, we had capes that we were wearing, you probably saw, and there was a little button that fastened it up here to keep it on. And um, my button broke on stage. So and, and, you know, it's not really a big deal, but I, you know, as it was happening, I just freaked out. I thought, oh, my God, it's going to fall off now. Um, and it didn't. But, you know, mm. it just made me really tense and it kind of threw me off the whole rest of the time. Um, and so that was it, it really threw me off. Like, I was very disappointed in that performance, specifically swimsuit, evening gown I was proud of. But um, and I just remember walking off stage and just being so upset because, you know, I spent mm. so many months preparing for this and especially, you know, with my walk and everything on stage. And it was sort of this unexpected moment. And um, I was so disappointed in myself. But I did learn that, you know, I I kind of overreacted, overcorrected, I guess. It's kind of like how, you know, people do in cars, you know, you see something on the road. And I I definitely felt like I did overcorrect. So I learned from that and thinking, and from watching other girls on stage, even the Miss Universe stage, if you look closely, there's always tiny little mishaps that are happening. You know, dresses mm. get caught on stage. Um, they trip a little bit or something like that. And we don't really notice it because it's so minor. But I think, you know, when you're performing in your mind, you're like, oh, my God, everybody yeah. saw it. It's ruined, you know. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but it was a good learning experience because it taught me next time if something happens like that you just have to roll with it and you have to be calm and if it falls off it falls off and it might look good you know like make it fall off and make it look cool i don't know so um so it did teach me a lot and uh, that was the first time i was actually in a pageant on the pageant stage so it was especially i think also because it was my first time you know i was extra nervous and um but i i think yeah from that i learned something happens you just got to roll with it and uh, it's not the end of the world you can always make it look purposeful somehow so um yeah it, it's a good lesson for life they they often say <laughs> even if you fall on stage at least laugh about it and then pick yourself back up um as you mentioned it's your it was your first pageant so miss earth usa come out with your second pageant um mm-hmm. in your bio you've written that you're 27 years old well that you are not that you've written and that you're not but you are 27 <laughs> years old so in terms of coming into pageantry at least in america that's pretty late to the game only because a lot of girls start when they're well i've seen toddlers and tiara was like five um so what what brought you to the game um relatively late because if anyone hasn't read your bio which is underneath this um interview by the way it is intense there is a lot of stuff going on there so it's not like you had nothing else to do with your spare time so what drew you to pageantry at a relatively late age that's a good question so you know i never considered pageantry in my younger years, but I was always very much into performance and art. I was classically trained ballerina my whole life um, up until college and I did classical piano. So I loved performing and I always thought that was something I was going to go into. I actually originally in college was a film major. And so I always thought I was going to go that direction. Yeah. And then Mm. And then I started working um, on little side projects in Hollywood and I didn't enjoy it. I just, the, the reality of the film industry and getting in your foot in the door is just so difficult. And so I have a lot of respect for people who continue to pursue it after that. But anyways, I figured realistically, I don't know if I want to do this. So then I switched gears and thought, okay, maybe I want to go into law. It was kind of a moment where I thought, Maybe I can do that. I don't know. We'll see. And um, switch majors to political science and then, you know, eventually went to law school. But 
as I was focusing on all of this, you know, career building and academia and, you know, it's a lot of work. It's, it's really all encompassing. And I know there are some other girls who do pageants while they're in law school. Um, Emma Loney, mm-hmm. who you've interviewed, Miss Oklahoma yeah. Earth, she's currently in law school. And um, I have so much respect for her because I couldn't, you know, I was working in law school and I was doing school and that was already so, 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 so difficult. So I can't imagine doing a pageant on the side. But anyway, so I was just, you know, very... Um, focused on that aspect of my career. And then as I actually, as COVID happened, I had a lot of time to sit and think. I was also having to be studying for the bar during that time. So I had a lot of time to myself and to kind of evaluate what I was doing in my life. And, you know, law school is coming to a close. Okay, I'm starting my career as a lawyer, but it's a little different, you know, you, you show up to work every day and you do your best at work and, and things like that. But I had all of a sudden more time, you know, to think about, yeah. okay, what else do I really want to do? And I think especially nearing 30, um, I had that realization too, you know, I'm almost 30, my 20s are almost over, I need to, you know, the, you can't pursue everything at every age. Um, at least, mm. as, at least with a miss, you can pursue other, you know, yeah. divisions, but with miss, you can't. And Anyway, I thought, um, I honestly don't remember exactly how I came across wanting to do a pageant exactly, but I think I was, you know, seeing newscasters and looking them up or things, because that was something I also was interested in doing with broadcast journalism at some point in my life. And I saw, oh, a lot of them did pageants. Hmm, is there something to that? And I think it's just kind of their personality. You know, they like to um, perform and, um, you know, it's similar, a similar skill set. Anyway, so I started looking into that and I thought, maybe I'll try that. Let's let's see. You know, I kind of wanted to just do something totally different from, you know, wear, wearing my glasses and having my nose in the books every second of the day. I mean, I literally was just a nerd for um, several years and nothing else. I mean, I really didn't think about anything else. Anyway, so I decided uh, I'm going to try that and see if I can even do that and you know, and, and um, I started and I kind of got pageant fever now. <laughs> I really enjoy it. It's, it's, it's such a cool experience. It's so different from everything else. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a long, long winded way to say that, but no, that's kind of how I got into it's, it. <laughs> it's not long winded at all. It's the details, which is what we want. Um, what, what did you feel that pageantry, like, I mean, obviously you, you're still relatively new to it. What have you learned from it? What have you enjoyed the most? It, it almost sounds like part of the attraction for you was just that it was so different to, as you said, you know, nose in the book sort of thing. It almost sounds like it's just, I needed to get away from that and do something completely different to it. Was that the main attraction of it? Um, That was part of it. But I think honestly, um, it's going to sound weird, but it's, it's that change of identity. So, you know, when I was in school, I was so focused on, you know, being this great student and, it's all about the product that you're putting out and nothing really Mm. about you as a person. And so I felt like I wasn't growing at all as a person. I was just, you know, growing my brain and growing the information I stored Mm -hmm. up here and how I wrote it and all that. But there was no focus on you as the individual and pageantry is all about focusing on you as individual in every aspect. You know, it's how you present yourself, how you look, but also, these different skill sets that you have, how you speak about those things. And it forces you to look inside and be very insightful. I mean, you know, when I was practicing for interview questions, I was stumped at first because I really hadn't thought about, you know, any of, I hadn't thought about myself. I don't know. It's weird, but I I really didn't think about like, yeah, what, what do I really feel about? You know, I, I know how to, how I feel about, you know, political issues or things like that, but yeah, it's different when it's personal, you know, and, yeah. and I just, I just hadn't thought I had, my brain was not in that mindset for so long. And that's something that um, has been really fun, too, because it's forced me to be very insightful. Again, I mean, I, I was always very mm-hmm. insightful, you know, growing up, but you know, you get to be an adult and you focus on other things. But, um, but yeah, that was the big attraction was, was it in a way, it's kind of a coming of age um situation is almost like you know being a debutante or something it's coming out and showing the world who you are and what you stand for and 
And in the process, you have to know who you are and who you stand for and how you present that and how you appear to other people. I don't know. It, to me, it's just fascinating. And it's, it's a great way, I think, to really understand yourself in a way mm. that is, you know, you can communicate it to others as well, which is, I think, just as important. You know, if you understand yourself and you have these great insights, then you should be able to share it with others in a way that, you know, is productive. So, um, so all of that part of pageantry has been, honestly, it's so fun. It's, it's just very rewarding. What's the, um, what, what are some of the things that you've maybe, you, you mentioned insight. What are the, some of the insights you've had about yourself um, since starting pageantry? Because it sounds like maybe at the beginning it was more about, do, as you said, doing something or growing your right. brain. And it sounds like your pageant journey has forced you or encouraged you at least to be a bit more introspective and actually ask yourself, well, who am I? Why am I doing this? What, what are some of the insights you've had into yourself? I think a lot of the insights I've had have been the why. So, you mm. know, I haven't changed what I like or why or why I like it or, or all of that, but why am I pursuing law? You know, why am I um, pursuing pageantry? Why am I here? Why, you know, um, the why. So it's the, the, the deeper sort of meaning of why I'm doing it and why it matters to me, I guess. And so, and I think all of that really comes down to um, just wanting to grow and, and actually wanting to spread awareness to different issues. I've always wanted to do that, you know, and I, I I've always very, was very involved in charity work and um, mm. all throughout my life, but there's a difference between, you know, doing it for yourself and, and actually doing it so other people can see and learn and be involved. So um, I think that's really the why is, is being able to include the, you know, the public, the greater world into your, your purpose and the things that you do to help others or to help the environment. Um, that's ultimately, you know, why I'm doing this. And so um, but yeah, that was something I learned through pageantry because before, mm. I don't know if I could tell you, I could say, you know, I, I like doing charity work because it's fun and it makes me feel good. But, you know, now I realize it's more than that. It's also that I, I want others to know about it. I want others to know about these causes. And um, yeah, so it's, 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 it's more realizing how it's almost like full circle, you know, of I realized mm. before, oh, I like this. I like doing it. And now it's, oh, and I can spread it to other people and it helps other people. And, oh, and we go back to, I like doing it. You know, it's kind of this full circle moment, yeah. I guess, if that makes sense. <laughs> you sound like you've, you've gained a lot of wisdom throughout your relatively short pageant journey. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to ask, as I said, you, you do so many things. And I think it's fair to say you're, you're, we'll label you as accomplished, for want of a better word. Um, <laughs> and you've achieved a lot. I'm interested to know a little bit more, a li learn a little bit more about who you are behind the scenes. Because what what struck me was that you said you were a classically trained ballerina and a pianist, and that you were thinking about going doing film, which is incredibly creative. Law is not seen by most as creative. Now I know that from looking at law myself that there are creative ways. You, there's creativity in any occupation. Um, but what's the sort of, what's the underlying common narrative between Kimberly who wanted to do film and now Kimberly who's doing law? Who are you sort of behind the scenes and what's that common thread that unites it all? That's a, that, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I figured this out before you asked it. <laughs> that, took <a> lot, <laughs> that took a lot of thinking. I have thought about that. And I realized the common thread is, and I don't know why this is, but I really enjoy telling stories. All of that is stories. Ballet uh, is telling a story. Piano is telling a story in different forms. Filmmaking is telling a story. And I was very much involved with documentary filmmaking. And then pageantry is telling a story too. It's telling my story. And law, you're advocating for your client. You're telling their story mm. to the court. So it's, it's really all telling stories. And I don't know what that means. I don't know why I enjoy that or, you know, but there's something maybe cathartic and 
uh, of course it's meaningful because you're able to um, give something to other people. You're able to tell their stories and in doing that, help them and probably help other people with what they're going through. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know the why maybe you can tell me but <laughs> i've noticed that underlying it is really just this desire to tell stories and you know my own and other people mostly other people's and even with, yeah. even with you know miss earth usa it's telling my story and why i like to do it but it's also um it's advocating on behalf of the earth you know telling the earth mm-hmm. story telling the story of why these things happen and what we can do to fix it so it's kind of always focused on another person or another thing rather than just myself outside of myself. I think that's a little more meaningful. (laughs) If you like telling stories, one thing maybe you should consider is being an interviewer. I mean, that's why I did, I do what I do is specifically Mm -hmm. because exactly as you said, um, helping tell, helping someone else tell their story, um, giving a voice to the voiceless um, or maybe even writing a book um but just just on does miss earth usa have a talent section i know miss earth does miss earth does miss earth i can't talk myth earth does miss earth usa have a talent section no it doesn't but you're right miss earth does okay so just out of interest if you were to win miss earth usa and so you had to get a talent ready and let's for argument's sake say hopefully it's in person not virtual what would you do for your talent section? I'm curious. I I joked with someone the other day that I would do an opening argument for a, for a talent section. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't. Um, obviously, everyone would be bored to death. But um, <laughs> maybe I could do like the OJ trial. You know, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. I don't know. No, but I, I think I would do singing. Um, I know it's another another thing. but um, But I actually... So interesting fact is that my uh, my paternal side of my family, so my grand- my dad's father and then my own dad, um, are jazz musicians. So my grandfather's oh, wow. actually, yeah, yeah. So they're both um, not in that field. It's kind of a side thing, but they're my grandpa was very accomplished. He was you know, he had bands and he made albums and he was always playing on the side. Um, he played piano and then my dad played the saxophone. So. I grew up in a big jazz family and I have been singing my whole life. And so I'd probably sing, to be honest. It's something I love to do. I never took lessons or anything, but I sing with my dad for um, his band. And I, you know, we make our own little albums together. <laughs> We're making a Christmas album now. Nobody sees it. It's just kind of for us. But um, I oh, love okay. singing. I just, yeah, it's just something I haven't really you know, show the world. It's kind of just a hobby I have. I'd probably sing because I think that's it's maybe the most, uh, um, it, it's probably more entertaining than watching me uh, make an opening statement. I don't do, probably, but I mean, you know that all these shows, <laughs> they always, all these shows now have musical episodes. So maybe yeah. you could sing an opening argument. Maybe you could combine the two. There's an idea. If it goes horribly, by the way, you didn't get that that idea from me. I'm not saying it's a good idea. It's just an idea. Um, I, I was also going to ask, like, are you recording this album? Where can we buy it? Where can we listen to it? But it's just for your, <laughs> just, just for your, your ears only. Um, but your your family, it seems like, um, I don't know if I'm on accurate at all, but it seems like you guys are very down to earth, sort of, sort of back to basics, good old fashioned, wholesome values. Because I know that um, I was watching one of your other interviews where you're being asked about the fact that you're in Miss Earth USA, but your dad hunts. Um, and it potentially is that a conflict? Whereas for me, I see it actually hunters are the people who know the best how to look after the earth. And I'm not saying like, obviously, you don't kill things and torture them for sport, but hunters right. live in harmony with the earth. It's mass I, farming and all that production that is in exactly. conflict with the earth. Um, so I, I have no issue with that. But it seems like, you know, jazz jazz music is very, it's very wholesome. It's a very family sort of thing, collaborative. It is, you know, you're always improvising. Your dad hunts. Like, am I wildly off base or does that seem accurate? I think you're pretty accurate, yeah. I mean, we, you know, it's funny because, well, so my family, both my parents are from New Jersey. So um, I don't know what that says, but they're very, they're very normal people. They're both doctors, but they're, 
they're not like it's funny because I go to their parties and their doctor parties and be like they're so different from them because they're just they're just people you know they just live and they um very down to earth and normal maybe it's a jersey thing I don't know um but yeah. yeah and they both love they both have so many hobbies my mom is super artistic probably where I get it from her dad was an amazing painter so um we have we have the arts in our family but most of my family also is in our professionals so my pharmacists, doctors, lawyers, um, business owners, and then nurses and things like that. So we kind of just, I don't know, we like to live an enriching life, you know, um, that's something my parents imparted in me, you know, get a good career, but they never, you know, they never pressured me to be Mm. successful or anything. I mean, you know, I was trying to pursue film and they were okay with that and they didn't mind it. So they're very much, you know, do what you want just i remember my dad always told me when i was younger pursue whatever you want to pursue just be the best at it um and that was that's something that i take with me with everything that i do i'm not a perfectionist by mm-hmm. any but i you know i like to try my best i like to do my best and if it doesn't work out which so many things in my life don't work out that's my life is an amalgamation of just failures you know and then everyone sees yeah. the successes but um, but really, they didn't see like the twenty thousand times that I failed at that same yeah. thing, right? So, um, but yeah, that's kind of what I do, and it's satisfying to me because I, I, in a way, it's kind of, it's nice to fail sometimes because it's nice to feel bummed mm. and feel sorry for yourself, and then you get back up and you learn from it, and then and then it's really satisfying to do better at it, you know, because you've grown in yeah. some way. So that's what I try to do with, with everything in my hobbies too. Is just try to do it to the best of my ability. So, uh, so, so say you always learn more from failure than you ever learned from success. So I'm 100% on board with that. Um, you mentioned that both of your parents are from Jersey. Is it true what people say about people from Jersey? <laughs> what do they say about people from Jersey? <laughs> say, thank you. <laughs> First but, of all. <laughs> no. no. Um, do you know, do you, have you heard of Gary Vaynerchuk? Yes. Oh, is he from Jersey? <laughs> yeah, and he purses an awful lot oh, yeah. um the only thing i know the only thing i know about jersey is from jersey boys i, I went to see the musical two or three <laughs> times but is it true that jersey people like to curse quite a lot i guess my parents honestly don't curse that much i don't know what it is but i i was always now they do maybe it's because they're older and i'm older and they don't right. mind but um i guess they curse a lot i'm trying to think of my other family members they're just more they're just um, say it how it is. They're definitely less yeah. concerned with how they look, you know, and how they appear to other people. It's just all about being honest and also being loyal to your family and being loyal to your friends too. That's a those are some big values that they have. So um, very loud. <laughs> when I visit yes. my family, it's like you know I I always think at least here I tend to be kind of loud in or or just kind of domineering when I'm in a room but when I'm with them or I'm with anybody from the east coast it's like I'm a mouse I don't feel I feel so <laughs> quiet I feel like nobody is hearing me <laughs> so well I mean if you've got the Italian heritage and you know the Jersey heritage we, we I think we can describe both of those as we've described as very passionate right <laughs> it's very 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 passionate do, do you have extended family gatherings because I got to imagine yes. that would be quite a, that would be quite something yeah so there'll be a lot just... of passion <laughs> that's one way to say it passion <laughs> that's one word to describe <laughs> yeah. It. <laughs> yeah we had uh we all met for thanksgiving this year in florida mm-hmm. um because they're all moving down florida now as they do from the east coast once they retire so uh yeah. we we're all in florida i think there was 20 of us in one house so as you can imagine that was insane and we had uh, my grandparents who were 90 three and 94 i think now so something like that in their 90s and i was surprised how with it they were you know they have a hard time walking but it's funny because my so it's my it was my dad's side of the family and my dad's dad is so 
funny. Like he's, he's very witty mm. and I hadn't seen him for a while. So he would, you know, I'd say something and then he'd kind of make a sarcastic comment. And I thought, I genuinely thought he didn't understand me. Cause I was like, Oh, he's old. You know, I'd be like, Oh, you know, and then he'd be like, no, you know, like I'm, I was joking. And I was like, Oh, you still got it. Like you're way ahead of me. You know? yep. um, but it was a really fun time. You know, it, spending time with them is like a party. I have so much fun, which is kind of cool with your family. You know, it's, feels like hanging yeah. out with a bunch of friends, honestly. They're so fun. But after, I think we were there for four days. After four days, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to have my alone time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that sums it up. Um, just on the subject of family get-togethers, obviously we're coming up to Christmas in, what, Jesus, 12 days. What are your, what are your plans for Christmas? Bearing in mind, obviously, that two weeks or a week after that, you've got a pageant. So what know, are your plans right? for Christmas? Yeah. So yeah, I'm staying home. My parents are here in San Diego too. So I'm just going to spend it with them. Uh, we usually have a big get together on Christmas Eve. One of my dad's cousins um, and her family lives here. But since COVID, we haven't gotten together. Unfortunately, that was the best time on Christmas Eve. But we all got together and we had mm. um, Feast of the Seven Fishes. I don't know if you know, it's kind of an Italian American thing. But Christmas Eve, you have seven different types of seafood. Um, they don't put cheese on, never put cheese on your seafood. Um, if you're an Italian restaurant, don't do that. <laughs> You'll get yelled at. But we usually have that for Christmas Eve, but we don't have it this year. So I'm, it's just going to be, you know, very relaxed, right. laid back with my parents. Um, but that's fine. You know, I kind of need that. I've been so busy. So it'd be nice. Who puts cheese on seafood and why? Okay. <laughs> well, some people, but if you have pasta, with fish or shrimp or something, you know, you're tempted to put cheese on the pasta. Creamy no? sauces, yes, not not what like just because when I go to America, the thing that strikes me is you guys your cheese section, and then there's cheeses in there that I've never seen, and I'm not game enough to try. <laughs> like I'm sure some of them, if I turn the lights off, they'd be glowing in the dark. Like you guys have some really bright fluoro orange cheese, and people are like so the kids are so excited about that. I'm like, that's not cheese. Like what? That's mainly chalk. But what? Who's putting cheese on on seafood? That doesn't work. If you have pasta, if you have like pasta with butter or olive oil and there's a little bit of fish in there or something, right? Because don't you want to spread some, you know, like Parmesan, like grated cheese on your pasta? Ooh. Okay, it may be a little bit of that. I thought you mean like yeah. you're getting slices of processed cheese and whacking them on <laughs> no. like a fish. I'm like, whoa, that's just disgusting. Never, never, never. <laughs> okay, that, that, that was a detour. I do enjoy craft mac and cheese the the, the fakest orangiest <laughs> cheese oh god craft mac and cheese i still love it <laughs> I will tell you, as someone, you know, as an environmentalist, and you, obviously you'll be against plastics, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't want to eat that stuff because I'm convinced <laughs> it's mainly plastic. When you eat it, you're going to need someone to do a cleanup of, of your inside. That'll still be there in 10,000 years. I promise you, that stuff is just, is that the stuff you put in the microwave? Like it comes in a pack. Is that what oh, it no, is? I, I think you can, but I stovetop cook it. So it's like, it's oh, literally fancy. powder. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's you're, you're fancy. You do it right. You, you put it on the stovetop. <laughs> you don't do it in the microwave. Well, I stovetop cook it, so. So. As, as, as an Italian, are you allowed to have Kraft mac and cheese? Let's be honest. Really? Don't tell them. Just don't tell them I said that. <laughs> It's our secret. <laughs> I, I, I interviewed uh, an Italian, um, no, it's actually a Scottish girl whose parents run an Italian restaurant in Scotland. And um, she was saying that um, because they're into Italian food, they would even make their own fresh pasta. You know, they know gnocchi, as she was saying, yeah. you know, she was telling me how to make it. And it sounded so nice because I have a thing for pasta. Your weakness is bread. I think my weakness is pasta. Yeah, that's but, number um, two for me. <laughs> yeah. I never thought I'd hear the day when an Italian was telling me that she she ate Kraft mac and cheese. You might you might have to keep that on the down low. Some people might not be very happy with you on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's Christmas coming up to the the pageant. How how are you feeling about it? It's your second time round now. Um, how are you feeling about it? House prep going, all that stuff. I'm feeling really excited about this one. I've 
you know, I've been taking it very seriously and I've been prepping since uh, a couple months ago and uh, I'm excited. I mean, I still have a lot of work to do, of course, but um, it's been really a good process because I feel myself improving and kind of understanding what pageants are about more. You know, when I started out, it was honestly, I was so confused. Like I didn't really know what they were looking for. Um, mm -hmm. And I realized that I thought, I thought of it more as like an awards thing. I don't know how to describe yeah. it. Like that was my mindset. Like, oh, look at me, I'm accomplished and I'm pretty. So give me my award, you know? And I'm realizing yeah. absolutely not. It's a competition, you know? So you kind of have to come in with the mindset that you're equal with everyone else. There's, you know, there's nobody is seeing you for being an amazing person yet. It's all about proving yourself in the process. And so that's been, I guess, the biggest realization for me. And it's helped me a lot in my prep because I'm able to see more, okay, what are, what are they looking for? How do I, you know, prepare myself so that I'm, you know, presenting myself in the way that I'm supposed to, in the mm. way that they like, and in the best way I can. Um, so it's been a lot, but it's, it's honestly been really fun. It's very rewarding because it kind of feels like, almost like a sport you know that you have to yeah. really train for um i at least for me none of these skills are natural i think especially because you're you know i still consider myself a good public speaker but even then yeah public speaking is very different in different contexts you know and yes. so this is a very specific type of public speaking and you have to answer in a specific way and there's kind of a structure in how you do it and um, it's also extremely different from how you would present in court. You know, it's all about facts. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope you're not going to go into your pageant interview and start dressing them down. But yes, it's very different. <laughs> but, you know, so my brain is like wired towards that. You know, I, that's mm. how I'm used to presenting information um, to a panel of judges or a judge. And so, you know, it's very different. Like like we were saying before, it's so so much more introspective. So. Now it's yeah. about me, you know, and it's not just what are these issues and how are they, you know, it's also, well, what do you think about these issues and how are they affecting you? What's your experience with that? You know, so it forces you to really look inside of yourself. And, um, but that's been, that's been really nice. And honestly, I felt I've gained so much more genuine confidence, you know, not just, mm -hmm. okay, I'm putting on confidence because I'm public speaking and, you know, you have to fake it till you make it. I really feel like in the process, I'm gaining real, true confidence in myself because, you know, with pageants, it's, it's about, it's not sharpening one or two skill sets. It's really about developing all of them, you know, at, at once. Um, really, I mean, you know, how you present yourself, how you speak, um, can you take a good picture? You know, can you walk? Well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's all, it's everything. And, um, so if you're able to work on that and, and feel improvement and feel a little more confident in those things, you, you know, I tend to feel more confident in myself too, as a person and, and how I'm capable. And so it's been, honestly, it's been such a fun journey with the Miss Earth USA, um, pageant. I think they, they do a great job too of, of encouraging yeah. that you know yeah i mean it's it's not it's not a pageant for anyone you know not for the faint-hearted you know <laughs> but in a good way i mean it really is encouraging um your 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 work and you really have to work hard but it's rewarding work so um yeah it's it's been really fun so it's a lot of work to answer your question but fun work and um <laughs> i'm enjoying it a lot <laughs> I, I was going to ask this all the way back, then I forgot to finish the question because we started talking about Subway bread, which was very important at the time to me, apparently. Um, but obviously, <laughs> yes, um, you know, Marissa, Lindsay and the, the US in general have done very well at Miss Earth Internationals. Um, do you have any theories? Um, what would you what would you call it in legalese? Is it theories, hypotheses, opening arguments, <laughs> opening statements <laughs> as to why you think maybe America, the US has done so well at Miss Earth recently? Yeah, I mean, I can see just from my experience preparing for nationals, we have a great team of directors that are, I mean, they're really on top of everything. They give us so many different opportunities. And, um, and, and just the way it's run too, you know, we have just for example, mm. the Think Global Act Local project, it's mandatory. 
and it forces us to be not just put in the work and to, I mean, it's, it's difficult because you can't just, you know, it's not just, oh, um, I pick a thing that I'm talking about that I'm passionate about. It's also, I have to do something and recruit people and volunteers and get people involved. I mean, that's hard, you know, mm. that, that's definitely yeah. a, a skill. And, exactly. um, and so, right. So it, it, it enables us to do that and then really build on our platform in a real way, not just speaking about it and showing up with it, but, oh, look, I've really put in the work. Here's the work that I've done. And so I think, I think that, um, aspect of encouraging us and I don't think forcing us, but making it mandatory that we do put mm. in that work. I think really builds that confidence and that skill set and builds the platform so that once we do get to Miss Earth USA, um, you know, we already have those skills. And then, you know, from there competing for Miss Earth, we're really just building on what we already have, you know, and so I don't I don't know about the other countries, but I know for a fact that Miss Earth USA, you know, it, it really prepares us for for that crown and, and you know, for that title and and um, with with like I said, think think global act local, but I think also our directors are so supportive of what we're doing and they do a great job of, you know, um, posting our stuff online and, and yes. being very efficient. And um, they've just been really great to work with too. And, and I think that's also a great um, important thing to remember is that, you know, you're not just the, the competitors, we can't just feel that we're doing it and, because, you know, we want to do it, but we also have to enjoy ourselves in the process and, you know, want to speak and learn more about our competitors as well. And I've really felt like I've learned so much from the other girls and I've loved learning about what they're doing, like really creative stuff for their platforms. Um, so I, I, I really think a lot of the success is owed to how the uh, Miss Earth USA, the whole nationals program is run and yeah. and you know the requirements of of of, of us as um delegates yeah I, i've interviewed your director laura clark probably for over a year ago it's hard to remember with covid she has another system that she runs the international ms system and i interviewed one of her competitors uh one of her contestants one of her title holders um, an american title holder actually corinne devon and she spoke so highly of the director which doesn't always happen doesn't always happen it's always like right. i'd like to thank my director but that's very different to going on like a five minute rant about how amazing your director is yeah um and i i mean you talk about lessons you learned in pageantry i think one of the lessons i've learned is that you know, if you, your director is going to be your experience of the system. If the system is great, but exactly. your director is terrible, you're going to have a terrible experience. If the system maybe is not so big, but you have an amazing director, then basically if you find a good director, stick with them. That's what I'm saying. I um, totally agree. Yeah. Laura's done a great job too, because, you know, hmm. the USA wasn't really on the radar for a while. And then during the past few years, it's really blown up. And that's really due to her and that's due to her team yeah. too. I mean, they've, and I don't know how they did that, but they really pulled together. So it's this, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big four and it's, um, it's huge and people really respect Miss Earth US and I see why because of, because of how they've run it really. So a lot of credit is due to her and her team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just before we go to the final 10 questions, Kimberly, uh, I want to ask you, what are you drinking? Is it coffee or tea? <laughs> coffee, of course. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Can't be friends if you're drinking tea. I'm not that I have anything <laughs> against tea. How, how do you take your coffee? I'm scared to ask because we were talking about cheese on seafood and craft mac and cheese. <laughs> how do you take your coffee? So I actually, it's too Splenda. It's always too Splenda. Black with two spots. Okay. All right. That that that's not too that's bad. Unacceptable is it? <laughs> so for me to tell a lawyer how to take her coffee. Um, what is it? Instant coffee? Is it like I don't know? Like you Americans, oh, well, you have all almost. the sorts. It's basically instant coffee. I mean, it's um, the Keurig. If you know the Keurig machines. <laughs> Which is the... that? The, is that like the press, or is that the yeah. one you put on the stove top? Put... Okay. Yeah, it's the cups and then you press it down. So it's essentially, I mean, it's ground coffee, but, you know, it's a okay. step up from, a, from instant coffee. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a step up from instant coffee. Anything is a step up from instant coffee. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, 
we all need our coffee to get through life, especially after the um, after the, the pandemic and now coming up to pageant season. Uh, just yeah. before we go through the final 10 questions, um, anyone that you want to give a shout out to just for supporting you in your journey? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to, there's a few people. So Ralph Sambat, who I believe mm-hmm. is involved with, um, yeah, the Earth Crown. He's been really supportive um, and... I feel bad because I didn't see his message got buried on Facebook for a long time. Cause it, you know, as you can imagine since Miss Earth USA, I've been, I just literally inundated with messages on messenger. So I try not to check it as much. Um, but anyways, but he's, he's been so supportive and I think that's awesome that he does that, um, mm. of me particularly. And, um, and then there's a few other people that I've seen pop up um on my facebook and my instagram who are always you know i'm rooting for you i actually don't know their names because they don't have their names on their profile but you know every single um post it's like they're really a fan you know and they're they're really rooting i really appreciate that that's really awesome um and then i want to give a shout out to um marissa to be honest because she's been kind of an informal mentor to me during this process Mm -hmm. um you know i i started out helping her with her nonprofit. And, you know, it's just been really nice to be able to observe, you know, how she works. And, um, you know, I asked her about when she was preparing for Miss Earth, and she was readily, you know, telling me everything that she's yeah. doing, and, you know, little bits of advice here and there. And honestly, like, I really appreciate that from her, because there was no, you know, she didn't have to, there was no need to sort of mm. do that. You know, you never know if, if someone's going to help you out or not. I mean, I, I tend to like doing that for people, but you never know. And she's really been um, really helpful in that regard. And so, um, yeah, I want to give a shout out to her too. Always Marissa, our queen. She's, she's a good sort. <laughs> I, I remember um, after the whole thing was done, Miss Earth, um, and obviously she, she came Miss Earth Air. And then we had this press conference. Um, Miss Earth itself doesn't seem to be quite as well organized as Miss Earth USA. Like Laura is super organized. Yeah. Sometimes at Miss Earth, you get, I got the call up for like, oh, would you like to be on the press conference for our winners? And it was like, I got 12 hours notice and it was going to be at like midnight for me. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Because um, I wanted to give, <laughs> I wanted to ask uh, Marissa a question selfishly, just to give her a chance to say some things. But, you know, Marissa, to give you an idea, because Marissa works so hard, similarly to yourself, I'm sure. Um, and she's always on point, like with interviews and everything, super professional, always on time. You, you don't have to remind her or anything like that. And we were on those big Zoom call. You know, the Zoom calls where, the, where it's a mosaic and the tiles are like the size yes. of like a mat box. <laughs> and I could see Marissa in the background. This is before we go on live and I haven't told her that she'd probably kill me. But she was yawning so much. You know that yawn oh. when you look at someone and it looks like their jaw is going to dislocate? She must have been so tired because I think it was the night after the whole thing had gone over. And then the press conference, I think for you guys, was like at five in the morning or six in the morning. And I'm like, I don't think Marissa's had any sleep. Oh, and no, I think, she didn't. I think, no, of course not. And then, no, she was, <laughs> then she was up that morning for her We Clean Trails. Yeah. And then she was filming for Miss Earth that day after that. And then it was the competition. And, you know, Jeez. that goes, I forget how late that ended, but it was at nighttime. And then yeah. I'm sure she didn't sleep because, you know, it's exciting. And then I'm, I'm sure she was preparing for, you know, getting up early the next morning. I mean, I don't know how she did that. <laughs> it was a lot. No, I mean, it was like a full no, 24 no. hours of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I was like, okay, Marissa actually is tired. She is human after all, so she can't just <laughs> she can't she can't just keep going. I know she loves coffee as well, so we should really get a coffee sponsor for pageants. What do you think? I was going to say that. I think that's a good idea. Keurig, if you're listening. No, no. Can we get a better, can we get better coffee? Than, actually, I don't know how good the coffee from that machine is because we haven't had the coffee that you guys have. We have in America. We haven't had that for 20 years. You know that whole go to a diner and you just have endless pots of coffee? We yes. haven't had that in Australia since before 2000. We, we gave that up so long ago. So when I go to America and you guys have your bottomless jugs of coffee, I'm like, what? what is this? Along with your orange cheese. But anyway, let's, um, let's move to the end before I get cancelled by everyone in America for, for um, talking grief about your, your coffee. Um, okay. The only reason so, I can't clap back at you is because I haven't been to Australia. But if I did go to Australia, I'd have something to say probably. 
you wouldn't have bad our coffee, except you were right. Those are the only three words, especially if you like black coffee. You see, the thing with a lot of people who have their coffee, it's like yeah. that much coffee and 98% cream. I don't know, pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, cream. The, <laughs> this one, right? It's like, yeah. where's the coffee in that? But if you are a coffee connoisseur like me, a coffee snob, and you have your coffee black, you will be able to taste the difference. I promise you that much. Oh, yeah. So come to Australia to try our coffee. I'll take you on a coffee tour, not a wine tour. Does it really have good coffee grown in Australia? It is not so much that it's grown here, although we're starting that, but it's on par with, the, I think, the Italians in terms of the best coffee in the world. I mean, you would know how Italians think about coffee. Um, Probably some of the best coffee in the world and some of the best wine in the world. Um, the wine and the coffee. So it's everything you need to survive, basically. You don't need food. So wine and coffee. <laughs> no. <laughs> absolutely have to try it. Um, now, I really wish I had a cup of coffee here, but I'll go get one after <laughs> we wrap up. Yeah. All right. Kimberly, final 10 questions. It is not a speed round. It is completely random questions. Answer them as you will. Here we go. Number one, what's your favorite word? The first thing comes to mind is love. What's your least favorite word? Deadline. <laughs> such, a, such a uni student thing to say. Someone who <laughs> studied in tertiary like in college. That's, all right. Uh, question three. In life, what gets you excited or what turns you on? Um, anything active. What turns you off? Um, dating for a long time. <laughs> I'm impatient. <laughs> I couldn't tell that at all. What sound or noise do you love? Purring. Are you a cat person? Yes. Yeah. I My brother brought over his little kitten and I, it's so cute. It's like you can sit fit on your hand. And I was yeah. sitting down to eat, uh, I think it was a bowl of pasta on that couch behind me. And the kitten jumped on my lap. And then started climbing up my arm to get to the bowl so oh. it could eat my eat my food. And it was like, it was so cute, but I don't want to share my food yeah. with you. But it's so cute, but I don't want to eat cats. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, don't me. It's cute until you get right. older. And then it's not cute. Oh, yeah. Anymore. Yeah, no, if my big cat had tried that, I would have given him a smack. Um, yeah. Okay. So that sound, that sound that you love, what sound or noise do you hate? Um, any scraping. Great, like hard metal or you know something like a nails on a chalkboard type sound. Hate that. Okay. Uh, question seven: If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? The ability to fly, because I'd be able to travel anywhere I wanted, anytime. Sounds like a good one to me. Uh, question eight, what job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt? Broadcast journalism. Very nice. What job would you definitely not like to attempt? Um, manual labor jobs. <laughs> There's the like person who goes around picking up trash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's not a job. Uh, it's work. That's true. Uh, final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? That it all made sense. It all made sense to work for the greater good. Very, very nice. Well, Kimberly, it's been a ride. We've talked about a lot of things. Um, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Oh, I forgot one thing I have to ask you. So before I, before we wrap up, so if you want to follow Kimberly on Instagram, you can see her handle there at Kim Keen Official. Um, she is doing a lot of things, a lot of things that she's passionate about that we haven't actually talked about because. Uh, we don't have five hours to talk about all the things, but if you read her bio, you can find out more about Kimberly. Final question, Kimberly, what is it with you and Facebook? 
how did you not have Facebook for so long? <laughs> how did you manage that? You're not 5,000 years old unless, you know, you I just know. look really good for your age. How did you do this <laughs> and why? I, I don't know. I didn't really like social media a lot um, before going into <laughs> pageants. Yeah, right. so I, I had it. Um, a few times and I would delete it and then get, get it again and delete it. Um, and, and then I, it was something I kind of had to have for pageants and then I've learned to, yeah. you know, and then I've, I've used it and I now love it, but because I'm using it, okay. you know, before I was using it because, yeah. you know, I was comparing myself to everyone else and I didn't really like having, you know, people I didn't see for decades know about what I was, I don't know. I just felt weird about that. Cause I didn't, I don't know why, like, why am I? showing everybody what I'm you know what I mean I just I didn't get it yeah. so then um but now yeah. since I'm using it you know to uh you know further my platform and you know engage people more in what I'm doing um now I love it but uh but yeah I didn't have it before I think I, I was using it wrong I think I was using it in okay. a detrimental way and now I'm using it in a positive way <laughs> okay so do you have any plans to be a TikTok superstar then in the near future Probably not. I, but I do love TikTok. <laughs> I, I have a little ghost account on TikTok and I love scrolling. It's really fun. <laughs> it's the best place. If you like cats, it's the best place to see funny cat videos. I swear to uh, God, the algorithm is pretty good. I might've spent like a couple of hours the other night just looking at funny cat videos. Cause I am that person. Exactly. I think about all, most of my um, timeline or whatever it's called is cats on TikTok. <laughs> Okay. Um, Kimberly, I'll keep you on the line for just a second whilst I hang up with the audience. Thanks to everyone for watching, whether it's live or on the replay, and we will speak to you next time. Bye for now. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident, and impactful queen possible, head to thepageantsorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video.